Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Netfront Traffic Report podcast, episode one, sponsored by Bernie's Actions on Twitter. So if you want to find any NHL picks, betting picks for this season, head over to Bernie's Action on Twitter. That's where you'll find free picks, daily picks. And he's hot right now. He's got a bunch of winners lined up. And this podcast is really just going to be me, myself, Steven, Mitch, and Adam, and or Bernie. And we're just going to be talking hockey, trades, what we like to talk about, our fantasy leagues, what's going on in the league, really anything NHL hockey, college hockey, AHL hockey. We're going to have uh, hopefully one episode a week, and then we'll go from there. What, Steve, you're not going to introduce us? Well, I, what do you guys want me to say about you? You can introduce yourself. I don't know. Like, how are you doing? Like, how about my friend Mitch over here? Look at him. He's grinning ear to ear. He wants <laughs> yeah, to he is. He's excited. Mitch, how are you doing today? I'm good, buddy. I'm ready to get rolling. Yeah, me too. Deadline next week, too. So hopefully next week we'll have a trade deadline special. Get recap all the trades. But as of right now, this week, main storyline, not a, not a happy one, really. Happy and sad. Because Buffalo Sabres, last place, what was it, 16-17 losses in a row? What was it? Yeah, it was 18. Record-setting 18 Eight. losses in a row. <laughs> in the dead last of the NHL with how many points they got right now? They have 22 points. And the Mass Mutual East is just brutal. But things are on the up and up. They've won two of their last three. And they're only that, that L was in overtime to the Rangers. Yeah, they're coming back, man. They're going for the playoff spot. No, they're they're by far done. The it's just I think they've had a little bit of a emergence here uh, as Allmarks kind of came back, and I think they had high hopes for him at the beginning of the season too. But he was out for a long time. Um, and I also think because well, from what I've heard is like, I guess they had a pretty rough COVID go. And, yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, and they've kind of been. It's been a slow recovery from that, almost too quick of a recovery of them coming back and playing. So I don't know how much that might have impacted it, but I mean, just 18 games. <laughs> That's a lot though. Yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but like, it kind of just feels like every year Buffalo goes on a 20 game skid. And the next thing you know, <laughs> April comes around Easter and they're, you know, they're winning again. They go on a, they go on a, a winning streak and they're, you know, they're killing the hopes and dreams of some playoff hopefuls. So, you know, when it's, when it's not, too not late here in my eyes. Yeah. When it's too late, eh? Exactly, but you know something. Inter- something interesting that they've done recently that, to my honestly, I've never. I just found this out. They've never done this before ever. It's put Sam Reinhardt. Sam, so, sorry, Sam Reinhardt at center. Was draft he playing second line over, center? Second overall in twenty. I think it was twenty fourteen draft. Natural centerman. They've never slaughtered him in at center <laughs> until recently. He gets two goals his first night at center, and he's not a bad player either. I, honestly, I think he's very underrated in the league. Definitely. Another thing too is with Middlestat. I thought Middlestat was going to just kind of like work his way out of the league, you know, in, in another year or two after he, you know, keeps giving up these opportunities to show himself. But like they put him at center for the first time as well, and he looked bright. Yeah, but, I liked him in his draft. I know he played high school, which is very rare coming into uh, your draft year out of Minnesota. And then he went to the University of Minnesota, but technically he was drafted out of high school. And he like obviously ripped that up, went to Minnesota, had a good year for one his freshman year. I think he was basically a point per game and then played six games that year. And I remember he's got his first goal against the Leafs. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And then he's almost out of the league. Like you said, Bernie, 
but he's starting to come back. I think that's a player that could actually find a home in Buffalo and kind of be like that second, third line center with some power play minutes. Yeah, I just think management's got to find some stability, like in order for some of their prospects to grow. Like Tage Thompson's another guy they, that um, not a lot of people talk about. He came back in the the Ryan O'Reilly trade, and yeah, he has done absolutely nothing. <laughs> a lot of potential, a lot, tons of potential. Good, I think he's six four, six five. Good, good frame on the kid. Good skill set. Just hasn't been able to put it together in Buffalo and. I just hope he doesn't end up in the graveyard like so many others. Yeah. I mean, and to go back to Casey Mills, I thought he was going to be sick coming out of uh, his draft year too. And it is like kind of a rarity that someone uh, is drafted out of a high school, but I'm pretty sure that Minnesota high school league is just nuts. Like it's, it it's got a lot of talent there. And, um, and especially watching him in June, I think he played juniors when he had nasty, like filthy mitts and uh, yeah, the outdoor it, game against Canada. Yeah, exactly. He lit it up then. And that's why I thought he was going to be a good player coming in for sure. But it's kind of the same story with Buffalo, right? Where these guys just, they just don't have it together there. And it's, it's deeper than, than what it looks like on the outside, I guess, because um, they keep getting these talented guys, but they're just not panning out. Yeah. Taylor Hall being number one. Do you guys see Eichel back in Buffalo next year? Back in the fold? No. I think so. No. Yeah, you can't like trading a player like that. You have to be nitpicking a trade first of all, and you're going to ex- expect a ton back. Like he's could be if you McDavid wasn't obviously he went second overall, but like he's being overshadowed by McDavid in that draft. But he's a really good player himself. He's a, he's a first overall pick. Absolutely. Maybe I'm, I don't know. Maybe like his injury. The, re- the reason I'm like so skeptical is because he's been out for so long. But when I think about your, your point of view, playing devil's advocate, like maybe he's out so long because he's their star guy. They kind of want to protect him. And they're like, hey, you take your time. We don't want to bring you back into this because it's ugly. Yeah. And, and the media side of things too, right? So like, he's probably going to, you know, probably have to take a lot of brunt of, you know, what's going on in Buffalo, too, if you were playing right now. It's a lot of questions to be asked. Maybe they're doing him a favor. Who knows? He is the captain, too, so he probably expects to answer those questions, though. Yeah, it must be nice not to, to answer those questions on IR. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, But he's not even having a great year. I know he's been injured, but he has two goals in 21 games. Like, yeah. he, just hates it. he just hates it so much, he'd rather be on the IR collecting paychecks. <laughs> yeah, he One collected guy. a ticket. Yeah, one guy who's been having to answer the questions in Buffalo is Taylor Hall, though, and he's kind of made it clear in some interviews, I'm pretty sure, that like when he was asked about moving, instead of responding and saying, like, oh, I don't want to move, I want to stay here sort of thing, I'm pretty sure he responded saying, yeah, I'll go, like, um, it was some sort of response where, like, yeah, like, anywhere that, like, kind of wants to make a trade, if they make a trade, that's the business. <laughs> he's like, open-minded. Get me out of this tire sale! Another guy, two goals, man, in seven, 37 games, two goals. I still think a team will take a flyer on him for sure, though. But they just won't pay. Uh, they won't. Buffalo won't get the price that they want for him. Yeah, I agree. yeah, that price every day is going down and down. I've seen it be like a second round pick and a prospect. Like Taylor Hall, he won the MVP what three years ago? Second round yeah. pick and a prospect. Yeah, sign me up. I'm down. But he also gets paid. What is it? Eight mil, eight yeah, eight mil. So if you're a contending team, you most likely don't have eight mil in the bank. So Buffalo's gonna have to retain some of that, or you just send another roster player over. 
Yeah. Or he could just stay. You never know. You never know. He's only on a one-year deal. If it's not the right play, if it's not the right play, you know what I mean? No, I, I think, think he was probably like, – It depends. If it depends if you're – you know, if, if, if Kevin Adam wants – Kevin Adam wants to build a relationship with the player and wants to, you know, continue to move forward and, and have him be part of the solution, you know, they're not going to move him for pennies on the dollar, you know what I mean, if they're smart about – in my opinion. In my opinion. That's just how I see it. He's a big trade talk just because he's been a, a big trade piece the last, you know – few summers and at the at the deadline and draft and whatnot but i honestly don't i honestly don't think he wants to move i think he wants to find a place to stay because if you look at that roster jack eichel reinhardt a bunch of good players darlene another guy who's just hasn't really panned out yet i'll say yet but like you look at that roster and they should be competing not with eight nine wins on the season (laughs) like yeah I, I completely on that division. Sorry, Mitch. I completely disagree with you there, and I'm willing to ice bet you on that because that's bullshit. He's gone and he's out of there. They're eight and twenty-three. He's twenty-nine years old. He's on a juicy one-year rental deal that a team would love to pick up if they're going for the cup. I think it makes all sense for Buffalo to just get rid of him because they're they're not. He can't be part of the solution. The solution looks right now. It looks like it's four or five years away. Okay, deal. Ice bet. Okay. Another uh, option could be a um, a sign and trade at the deadline. We really haven't seen one of those since uh, Stone, maybe like a big big ticket like that. Stone mm-hmm. to Vegas. That's another opportunity I would see him probably being open to on a contender. Really? Though, on a contender. I don't even think of Stone. A second, you only really see that in the NBA. I know exactly. It's kind of rare, but that's what um, that's what Buffalo's looking at right now. But Another team that's kind of in the news, not for the best um, scenarios right now, and Mitch, you kind of alluded to it earlier, was the COVID issues that Buffalo had early in the season that kind of maybe kind of put a pause on their season or really how they've struggled since, and that's going to be Vancouver right now. They have, I think it's 20 players and coaches on the COVID list, and it's just like not a good situation right now. Some family members are getting it. They're... Like all over the place, it's not good. Yeah, and as the NHL came out and given, I'm pretty sure they haven't came out with a specific date or anything for a return for this team. I'm pretty sure it's all up in the air. Yeah, and sure. thinking about that, like they're gonna, uh, they're gonna need like at least two weeks, I think. And the season ending is almost, ju- it's just over a month away. So I don't know. I don't see how this is gonna work with them finishing their games in time. I think I don't even know what the NHL solution would be. I'm thinking it's going to be some sort of point percentage thing. I don't know how that works when the teams in like six of the seven teams just have three or four unplayed games against Vancouver, how they're going to work out with that point percentage. But yeah, they're going to be on pace to miss like 10 to 12 games. Maybe they haven't played in about a week. They've already had a couple canceled, obviously, but like, They've got 37 games played, so they have a bit more games played than everybody else in the division. I guess it's kind of equal, but I don't know because, like, are you going to yeah. be able to make updates? They're going to go back to back to back to back at the end of the season or what? I don't know. 10 to 12 games they're going to miss? Well, that's what it looks like. Like, if they're out two weeks. I'm about to drop JT Miller off my fantasy team. <laughs> you know they're out that long. Yeah, like, I mean, looking at it, you knew it was going to be bad for Vancouver, but I don't, I don't see them digging themselves out of this hole. 
you talk about getting them back like, as quick as possible to get the games in, but what about their conditioning, man? Like, you got yeah. 17 athletes sick, probably really sick, to be honest. Like, you don't know to the degree, right? So, coaches as well, like, not only when can they get on the ice and be around their teammates again and be, you know, feel good, but not just, like, get their get their feet under them, get their legs under them again. Like, I, I think they're going for the first pick. They're only five points ahead of Ottawa. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the other thing, too, is if they don't finish their season, their points stop where it's at. How are you going to – how is the NHL going to, like, say – or, like, put people into the draft lottery, for example, and be like, oh, Buffalo's last place, even though they played 12 less games than everyone if they don't finish the season, right? That's yeah. a little tricky, too. I never thought about that. But, yeah. I mean – A lot that goes into it. I mean, um, for with Vancouver, like – I don't see them like a possibility where they're going to finish the season. I think the NHL is going to have to get creative because in these last few weeks to the end of the season, they probably had 10 or 12 games. Like Steve said that they're going to miss now. And um, from a, sorry, I was just going to say from a playoffs, from a playoff, uh, sorry, from a player's perspective too, like guys in contract years, like if say that's the end of the year, like how does that work out for them in the summer? Um, you know, younger guys who are younger guys who are going to get you know looks um, coming up from the, the taxi squad or the HL, right? Um, that's not going to happen anymore, most likely. Um, so, you know, that doesn't really look good for them. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's funny to say that. Well, not funny, but Utica, their farm team, has had COVID issues as well. So, like, if this whole organization right now is just not in a good place, yeah, they, these young guys we're looking for a contract here like you said it's going to be a tough situation i bet teams are going to take flyers on them in the summer but like i don't know if they'll be able to play some more games because honestly if you're looking at the north division right now the four teams in the playoffs are basically set so yeah. i don't even know like the nhl is going to have to do something if they want to i'm sure vancouver will want to finish the season to some degree but i don't know if they can play the full 56 games no i don't see a situation where they'll be able to and and i mean um to your point too, Adam, Vancouver can't really do anything too. This kind of straps them at the deadline. No one's going to want to trade for a player who's had COVID. Um, and the same thing is that, uh, same thing as Buffalo. Like if they do come back, I mean, I was already hoping that I was already like fading them anyways, playing any fantasy player that was playing them to begin with. But if they come back in like a week and a half too early and all their players are have like shitty conditioning and stuff, I'm definitely going to be playing my fantasy players against Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like if they come back even at all, they're going to need three, four days of practice at least, right? To get even close to back in the game action. Sauna, yeah. bike, sauna, ice every day. <laughs> they actually, there was actually reported on that a few of the players had like IVs. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, like the, the liquid. Uh, I like the. Um, it's just fucking please. water, bro. It's yeah. just, oh, no, no. You know how in Vegas you, know you can get like an, an IV ordered to your room. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's just water, you dummy. It's just water going into your blood system. No, I thought it was with vitamins or some shit. Oh, maybe I don't know. Okay, <laughs> we're talking about some, we're talking about something else, son. Sure. I'm talking about a, I'm talking about a legit IV drip, not water. Whatever you're saying. Uh, Bernie's <laughs> thinking about um, riding high in Vegas right now. That's why. <laughs> but speaking of risers in the league, throughout the league, there's been a couple teams that honestly have surprised us this season. 
one being Nashville. They were like out, out in the dust, right? Like looking sure. at let's get rid of Forsberg. We're only keeping Ellis and Rene, basically their GM, GM said, and now they're like two spots out of a playoff spot. Them yeah. and Rangers and the Yotes as well, all up there. Yeah, Nashville surprised me a lot because they were like a week, two weeks ago, they were uh, the big team to be selling at the deadline too. They had all these guys that everyone was talking about at home. Um, Philip Forsberg, I heard his name a couple times too. Um, and now, like now, they're eight, eight and two in their last ten. They're in a playoff spot. They're just a bit ahead of Chicago with the same amount of games played. And I honestly thought in this division that Dallas had like so many games in hand that they were going to come back and kind of <laughs> take that last spot. But they've just been shit in the bed too. So this actually looks good for Nashville. And I doubt they're going to sell as much as they would have now. Yeah, even if at all, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to be in a playoff spot, why get rid of all these guys unless you're looking towards the future? I don't know. That's something for their GM to think about. And now the Rangers coming up yeah. again. Rangers. Winning the, win the first look- overall pick. Yeah, exactly. Laugh has actually looked better this last bit of the season. And, I mean, it's tough to break that top four in that division, but Philly's been, like, ass recently. <laughs> I, I would put them on the fallers category. And then New York... Just like they've been doing well, they're still not on a playoff spot, but I could see the potential of them maybe getting there, especially now that Boston has some some COVID fallouts and injuries as well. Um, but I think uh, the real story in, in New York has been the emergence of, uh, I mean, I guess you could say he kind of had a, a good year last year too, but like Adam Fox to me looks like a top 10 defenseman in the league. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, he looks I played against him a couple of years ago. <laughs> No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Um, no, the kid's, kid's a stud. He's really coming into his own, and I really think that um, – what's his name? D'Angelo? Yep. Really, really, like, hooked up his buddy good because he screwed up big and looked what he's done with the opportunity. He has thrived there. It looks unbelievable. In classic New York fashion, surge at the end of the season, blowing out these th- – what do they blow out Philly, like 6-1 – or by six, like twice in a row, like yeah, Zabinajad with six points each, basically something. Like I that. can see, the, <laughs> I can see New York making playoffs. Yeah, where the fuck did Zabinajad come from, man? <laughs> <laughs> the first twenty games, he had four points or something like that, and one goal, and he just loves playing against Philly. I think he, what is it, like thirteen points in two games or eleven? Like yeah, no one's done that since Crosby. They said. <laughs> brings the best out of him it was ridiculous it's been a love-hate story with him in fantasy too i've i've seen yep. him on the waiver wire a couple times and i'm like i i look him up at the beginning of the season i'm like all right he's got it he's got a bounce he's back he's gonna have a good year just like he did last year then you start to look into the analytics when he's doing shit and you're like okay well he had a really high inflated shooting percentage last year maybe he's not as good as the people say he is and then all of a sudden right when like stuff starts turning around in new york He's just boom, like big and back in a big way. It was really that game that they really turned around the season. Right? Yeah. That first six-point game. Okay, the last team that we have on our risers, the Desert Dogs, the Yotes, a player on that team that I think is like being criminally underrated. And I'm not just saying this because he got a hat trick last night, is Jacob Chikrin. Drafted high. One of those guys like you don't really hear about because he's in Arizona, but like he's a beast down there. Yeah, he's done well for their squad, but I really like the play of Connor Garland as well. Like, I think he's really, if you looked at his hockey DB, he played in the queue for a few years, 
really worked his way up, and I think he's really pushing that team to limits. And it, to be honest, I'd be disappointed if you didn't see Arizona, at least in the playoff mix this year, considering their cap circumstances. But um, I, I think they're a playoff team for sure over St. Louis right now. Well, I, I want to know what you guys think, because Arizona to me is that kind of wild card team that like you, they used to be in like trade speculation and talk and stuff. And they're that team where like now they're doing good, you would assume that they wouldn't be. But for me, I still feel like they're still going to fucking sell. I don't know what what about them. I just think that they're – I don't know why. I think they're just like a weird team like that. Like they're just had really poor – I no offense to uh, to the management there before that left. I forget that guy, that young guy's name. But I think they've just had poor management for a while where they just make like weird kind of decisions and, and stuff. And so. a new beast. I, I don't know. Like in my opinion, I think if if you're the new owner and um, new GM there, I think you want to. I think I don't think you want to sell. I think you want to push for the playoffs. Considering everything that's happened in the past year and a half, two years, you want to show the people or the fans in the organization and the team that you guys are committed to uh, the success of the organization. And I don't think there's a bigger um a bigger way to do that rather than telling your team hey i want to make the playoffs this year let's make a push i don't i don't see them as sellers at all and even if you make the playoffs you never know what's going to happen right like exactly. i won a couple or a couple years ago it was like 10 years ago now but then the blue jackets swept tampa bay two years ago like you never know and they got a good team like a really balanced team they don't have one single star that they can just ride on like clayton keller is the leading point scorer he's got 29 and 38 and then fill the thrill 28 and 38 and then garland the 28 points as well so really even throughout i feel like really good team oh no. my god i'd be so scared of them lining up against phil in the playoffs holy shit now we've gone through the risers of the league now the fallers teams that are kind of like surprised us that they're doing so bad Philly, St. Louis, Calgary. We'll start with Philly. What has gone wrong this year in Philadelphia? Classic Philadelphia uh, drama and like just uh, just like the classic. Uh, can't even find the word. Goaltending. Goaltending. That's what it is. Every year they've always just had an issue with that. I don't know why. I and I love Carter Hart. I think he's going to be a great goalie. Um, I just don't know what happened this year. Yeah, they better not screw that up because I was watching uh, Bobrovsky's 500th game the other night in Florida, and I forgot that he played in Flo- in uh, in uh, Philadelphia for the first start of his career. So yeah, he's like, been around. Pardon? He's been around. Yeah, he has been around. He's he's been in the league a long time. So considering the year and and they are falling, I, I just hope they don't uh, screw up Carter Hart's. Um, oh development development path yeah sorry carter hurt like obviously last year he had a phenomenal year which was his second full season i believe and now usually they see the sophomore slump but now you see the junior slump third year he's just struggling i think he's in his own head a bit like just a uncharacteristic season from a guy who is awesome the first two years in league which kind of sucks because like you said philadelphia just cannot get any luck with goaltending ever it seems like so it's just just not good in Philadelphia and Carter Hart. Yeah. Uh, man, at the beginning of the year, on paper, I had that team penciled as number one. Like and I yeah. think I think it's a combination of just their defense, I don't think has played up to par. 
And I think they've just been kind of letting their goalies down, but I think the goalies haven't played well themselves either. Um, but yeah, it's a weird, weird situation there in Philly. How much of the blame do you put on Claude Giroux? Ah, not too much. Like he was a star five years ago. I think he's kind of at the peak of his prime, just getting over the hill a bit. I think more, more of the star in that team right now is Couturier, I would say. Agreed. Yeah. I would um I don't know. I put more of the blame, I guess, on the coach. I think I think maybe it's just not working out with the coach. Is it Laviolette there, right? No, not anymore. Yeah. No, it's um Vigneault. Oh, Vigneault. Yes. Yeah, Ale Vigneault. And I, I've seen like their fans on Twitter aren't happy with him either. So that might be a guy to the, maybe on the hot seat, I guess. Now, the other followers we got, let's start with uh, St. Louis. Makes a big signing, Tory Krug, I believe six years, and it just hasn't worked out, like, at all. Like, they yeah, are in the West right now. It's a stacked division, I will say. Yeah, they're two and seven and, and one in their last ten. And um, and they're another team on paper. They look great. Um, and they, I mean, they filled, they didn't fill the gap completely when Petrangelo left. Um, and I'm pretty sure Pareko has been injured a decent amount of the season. Um, so I, I understand, I guess maybe there's some, uh, some woes on the defensive end, but I don't know what, I don't know what's going wrong out there either, because just like Philly on paper, especially their forwards look great. Well, B- well, Bennington hasn't played his best either. Like he, like we've seen him play a lot better. He's been dog crap the last little while. Should focus a little more on his prep instead of trying to hit guys or this thick and shitty. Pulling <laughs> out amateur crap. Uh, that guy's got to start getting a couple more wins under his belt before he can start pulling that shit. It's a joke. He's already got a cup. He's got that ring. I know. Yeah, he's, he's got a ring, and I love that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you like when he did that? When I love it. I think it's great. I think it's great bites. It's great like uh, clips and stuff. And I think it's emotion and it's like, it's awesome. And I think the guys have even came out of the St. Louis room and even said it kind of like lights a lamp under them when they see how much emotion he has. Yeah. Maybe, maybe knows what he's doing. Kind of just playing mind games with his team. And last goalies are nuts. Yeah, Goalies Goalies are nuts. You never know what's going on. Calgary fired the coach. Hired ancient Sutter, like off the farm, I swear. And now, awful. Started, I think they started pretty hot, two wins in a row, and now they're two and eight. Multi year deal, too, wasn't it? Two or three years on the Sutter's deal? Yeah. Mm. He's there for two more years. Yeah, I don't know either. (laughs) Uh, just look awful. Legit awful. What's your uh, out of 100? What's your um, percentage that Johnny Goudreau's on the team next year? Is he a free agent? He's not free agent, is he? No, but do you think they start selling and starting with him? Well, then who would you build around? We got the hit, pick him, Monahan, or Kachuk. Build around Kachuk. Build um, around Kachuk. They have some good pieces. Kachuk, Anderson on defense looks nice. Um, I mean, they have the goalie now, Markstrom. Um, who else? They have Dylan Dubé. Uh, I think he's a good player. I, I've always kind of liked Monahan, but Monahan and and Goudreau kind of uh, in the last year, I don't know. Like they just feel like they fell off a cliff. I don't, to me, to me, uh, Goudreau's not my type of player. I just don't. Th- I think he lacks bite. Um, 
and a little bit of an edge. All the skill in the world, don't get me wrong, but when it comes down to it, you need you need that little sorry, you need that sandpaper to uh, to get you to get you wins in the playoffs. And I really don't see that happening, especially under a coach like like Sutter. And um, I, I'd say I'm at seventy four percent. He's gone next year. Really. I'm I, I'm on the opposite. I think he. I don't think they'll make much moves. I think they'll probably give this year kind of like a pass COVID year, and I think like I think he'll be on the team 100 percent to be honest. Him, Monahan, and Kachuk. I don't see them moving all. I think like that's the three core players that you can build around. I don't like Mitch. You mentioned what do you, what do you mean build around? They've been building around them for eight years. They made I know in like 2013. With Monahan and Gaudreau like coming out of the playoffs, whenever that was, 2014, they've been going at this a while. How like how much patience can you have with this guy coming in well, and out of shape, having hot dogs and MT <laughs> Swiss sandwiches all the time? They're not a overall like young team in standards. Like they don't have any 21 year old guys on their team like most teams do. Maybe that's a hit to their drafting. I know they drafted Connor Zary last year, who's like they're always been in that twenty twenty three area of the draft. So that's they say that's like the hardest area to pick because you're either getting a steal in the first round or you're just picking a flyer. You really don't know what's going to happen. So maybe that's their problem. They don't have any guys that they've really brought up other than Monahan and Kachuk. So what are you suggesting? They start. Uh, they start missing the playoffs, so they can move up a couple draft slots. I think so for sure. Like the Jacob Pelche, he's not going to be in the league next year. And Markstrom, they signed that fat ticket, and he's not doing overall. Like, well, like what he was doing in Vancouver last year, I would say. Different team in front of him always helps, though. And speaking of goalies, in the mecca of hockey, Toronto, Freddie Anderson, I think it's an upper body injury, right? Or they don't really haven't said. They don't even. I don't even know. I haven't even seen what it is. It's just they keep doing assessments on him, and we're gonna find out this week apparently on this latest assessment. Um, and I, I don't even. I couldn't even tell you what the injury is, but I'm hoping it's good news, and I'm hoping we can come back with a dual threat here. But I'm a little skeptical because I don't know what he was doing in net when they're when you're a first place team. Like, what are you doing in net pushing an injury like that if you're just gonna play shit? You know what I mean? Yeah, and like in even before his injury, he wasn't doing fantastic. Really, well, that's, yeah, and that's what I mean is I think that he was like everyone speculated he might have been playing through something. And it's like if you're a first place team, I and you got, I guess Jack Campbell wasn't healthy at the time too, so I guess that might have had an impact. But well, the the other thing too is they don't have the the cushion that they have. Currently, six points ahead of Edmonton. They they had two or three weeks ago. You know they're battling with Winnipeg and Edmonton. Edmonton, if you remember, jumped in front of Toronto for a bit. So they, I don't know. Maybe they felt that was like a breaking point in their season where they needed to lean on Freddie a bit more. Um, but no, I think I think they have the depth at, at goalie to to get it done over the next few next few weeks. Like even if Freddie does miss, you know, a couple more games here and there. But um, they. No, they they had the cushion. They had the cushion, but when they played Freddie, when Campbell was hurt, they lost the cushion. That's when they went on that bad losing streak. Was when they were playing Freddie. Yeah, Jack Campbell. I think he was picked eleventh. So it's not like he's some bum. Obviously, it's taken him a long time to get up here. But like he's a 
He's he looks like a legit goalie. I think he's eight and zero right now. Eight and zero and one, something like that. Did I hear yeah. that come from your mouth? Maybe <laughs> I guess so. Maybe it was an accident. No, he. I I think he he's got a little weird style to him where he he looks a little um all over the place and like it, it's not the most structured style of play, but he gets the job done and I like that and um and he's been solid for the Leafs even though you can tell he's still playing through something too when he keeps reaggravating stuff and they need to keep giving him days off in between games, but I think he's done great and I think the team just loves to play in front of him. Yeah, by the looks of his um post-game scrums and stuff or zooms i guess now but like it seems like he always has good stuff to say about his team which is kind of rare you kind of get the bland answer of just want to stop every puck that hits me blah 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 blah. but he's given some credit to his d and maybe they does give him like a little boost but since i complimented him before i have to take that back and maybe it's just like a hot start to the season for him i guess like that we've seen so many times before with goalies, aka the Hamburglar in Ottawa. Obviously, not that guy was sweet. What are you talking about? Yeah, but he's not in the league anymore. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. I I don't know. I think Campbell might be a little bit of a different situation. Like you said, he's got a past. He's had. He's been up there. Like he was drafted first round. He's been like a touted prospect. Um, so I don't know. He is like what 28 29 now so maybe i don't know if he still has that and i don't know if he can be a starter but i want to know what you guys think if freddie's assessment comes back oh two things i want to two pack on this if freddie's assessment comes back bad one do the leafs look at making goaltender moves at the deadline does that change their their uh, direction they wanted to go two um are you comfortable with Jack being a starter or or like I guess those kind of go hand in hand or are you comfortable with him in a tandem or are you getting another starter to and keeping him as a backup no I, I don't think the Leafs are going to look at the goaltending depth at all uh, in terms of like acquiring via trade I think they're set with you know the, the four that they've kind of juggled with this so far this year I think Campbell's a very competent starter as we've seen so far this year and I think the guys rally around him. I think he'll be good. So I think they'll they'll hold up on that front. So if Freddie's assessment comes back negative, you're rolling with Jack Campbell as the starter going into uh, into playoffs, and maybe Hutch or Freddie backing up if Freddie's kind of okay. Then, yeah, why not? You don't like him. You don't, don't have know. you don't have faith in him. I don't know if I'm that confident, and I'm the biggest Leafs homer there is. <laughs> uh, Even I agree. Jack Campbell, like he's shown you, he can win games. The team plays well in front of him. And if he does need to get pulled or whatever, Hutchinson hasn't played awful this year. Like he won in Calgary last night, I believe, right? Correct. And he won a couple games for Colorado last year. So this isn't the Hutchinson of two years ago in Toronto, who was legitimately probably the worst goalie in the NHL at the time. I think he yeah. could ride with Campbell. Absolutely. I don't, I don't, I don't see them making, like, I, I think they're focused on other areas where they could fix, fix their team. And I, I think their least concerned is their goaltending depth at the moment. I mean, unless something comes to them or pops out at them or is something they can't refuse, obviously, like that can always happen. I'm just saying preliminary heading into, you know, trade deadline week. I, I don't think they look at it. Interesting. 
Interesting. And I and what you said about something popping out at them, I think Dubis is kind of uh kind of throwing the uh the lure out there with the bait and uh in an interview recently where they asked them uh if that if he'd be willing to move those like top two, three prospects that the Leafs have, sort of that being obviously Sandine, I would say Robertson and Liljegreen or Amirov probably in there, like some two or three, four. Um and he said, I mean, we're not looking to do that, but if the right deal comes, then we will. Sort of saying like if someone wants to bit throw the like bite on the bait, um, we'll include those guys in a deal sort of thing. So I don't know. I I don't know. I'm a little skeptical, which is weird to say because I'm the I'm the biggest Leafs homer here, and you guys aren't. So, I um, I really wouldn't have a problem moving those guys, to be honest. Especially if you're getting uh at least one of them getting a good player in return for a year that anything could happen. You're playing. You got to remember the first two rounds of the playoffs are in your division. So if you look at the teams, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Montreal, could Leafs beat two of those teams in a seven game series? Yeah, I feel comfortable with them doing that. Yeah. And Anderson should be back by then anyway. So Now, a topic of a discussion that was kind of going on a little bit earlier was this rookie sensation, or should we put a rookie in quotations? Well, Kaprizov on Minnesota. Light in the lamp. He's 23, 31 points in 36 games. The front runner for the Calder, but he's 23. Should this guy be able to win the Calder, or should there be like an age limit? He's played four or five years in Russia. What's the what's the game plan here with this guy and the Calder Trophy? I think there should be an age limit for sure, because um, I'm I'm just gonna reference that McDavid year when McDavid didn't win uh get the Calder, and I know he was injured half the year, but the guy was like over point per game. I'm pretty sure, and um, and I know uh, Panarin won it, and I'm not sure how old Panarin was when he actually won it, but I know he had played more seasons in the K than, um, than Kaprizov had. And I think uh, he was 24 when he won. He was 24. I think so. Well, shit, I was going to say my limit would be 24. I'm going to have to go. <laughs> I'm going to, I don't know. I would put my age limit at around 20, 23, 24, I think. And, uh, and kind of cap it off there. Like the fact that these guys have played in the second best league, it's a pro league. Like, it just makes sense that uh, that I guess they shouldn't be taken away from those nineteen-year-old phenomenons that come into the league, right? Well, let's 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 look at it this way. Say prior to five, ten years ago, you know, rookies of the year were not nineteen-year-olds, eighteen-year-olds coming into the league every year in the NHL. You look at the the way the games developed over the years, like a twenty-three-year-old coming into the NHL. That was when that was when you got your rookie deal. If you start to look at those like back in the day, right? So, I think it's fair. I think the times have changed in terms of the impact these young players are having at you know at such you know at the age of nineteen. Obviously, like like if you take a look there, 23, 20, 20, 21, Like yes, there are a lot of nineteen and eighteen year olds over the last you know ten years or so. But if you look before, you got getting to Bakov. Uh, won it as a 25-year-old. <laughs> Daniel Alfredson as a 22-year-old. Chris Drury as a 22-year-old. I, I really don't have a problem with it at all. It's his first year in the league, and he's he's playing great. I think he deserves it. I think times have changed, Adam. You're looking at the 90s there. You weren't even born in some of those years. 
I think times have changed. And if you want to reference the NCAA kids too, I think that if you're good enough that you might win rookie of the year, you leave college early and you go play in the NHL because you're worried about that that age limit. So I think that um I think that they enforce enforce the age I think that they enforce the age limit. And I think that I mean the Panarin year over McDavid and I think probably this year, even though there's no one that really rivals Kaprizov, are gonna be kind of like the the last straws. I would like to put an age on it as well, but I just don't think you can. And especially if you put the pro hockey argument into it, like he played so many years in the KHL. Well, Tim Stutzel played in the pro German league. How are you going to differentiate the leagues? You can't. Yeah. Like going to Mitch's point, you're talking about incentives for them to win a um, rookie of the year in the NHL, but every everybody's different. I really don't think, um, a rookie, a Calder trophy is going to persuade a young player to leave college early if he feels not ready enough to win an individual award. Because ho- ho- hockey's history, it's never been about the individual awards. It's always been about the team game, the team, all this in your development. If a player is 20 years old and he's lined up college, but he's going to get tossed in the AHL next year because he's not strong enough, but thinks he can win rookie of the year because he's the best player in his prospect pool, like I really don't think that's going to help him. If he gets tossed in the HL, he's not winning rookie of the year. I don't know what that point was. Sorry. Sorry. Like, all I'm saying is he's not going to leave college early just to win a rookie of the year award if he's not ready. Basically, is my point. Then he doesn't win rookie of the year. That's Why? fine. Because he'll be over the age limit. That's what I'm saying is they put an age limit in it. <laughs> <laughs> I think most players that leave college are either – right after their freshman season or sophomore season. So they'll be like 19 or 20. And if you leave after your season, after the, after the college season, which ends in April or March, you're really not playing NHL games, enough NHL games to win the Calder trophy. So it'd only be after your, the NHL season's over and after your freshman season, then you would get a full year. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those are the guys that are good enough to to play in the NHL right away and and yeah. they leave early right whereas a lot of guys take the journeyman route and like kind of just play their full college years and then come out after but i mean those guys aren't winning calders anyways that's what i mean is is i think to put the age limits more so for um more so for these guys coming out of the K uh to kind of i guess level the playing field for the past like 20 years it's the average age looks like it's been 19 to level the playing field for these like young kids coming in and, and actually making their teams like i think it, it says more when you make a team when you're 19 18 20 21 than when you're coming in 24 25 kind of vetted a bit playing in uh in those leagues and like you said i know those kids can play in those leagues still before coming in but they're still coming in young versus five years older yeah i totally agree but i just don't know how they're going to enforce that but we started talking about college players and this is the time of year that players leave their ncaa teams sign their big ticket to the show one a couple of guys this year that are notable names have been cole caulfield matt boldy minnesota spencer knight in florida and cam york in philadelphia i believe they all starting in the ahl but I just, it pains me to look at Cole Caulfield in a Habs jersey because I feel like that guy is like, he could probably be one of my favorite players in a couple of years and he's just on the Habs. I love the short Kings who can score. 
and I, he's going to be, I just love his game, but I just don't see him in Montreal, man. I just can't see it. I know it's weird to think about it. Eh? Cause he's a player you want to like so bad, but you just don't like the, the Montreal <laughs> Canadians that much. Exactly. Exactly. And he's like that to esque kind of player, eh? where he's just a small guy that can just rip it. And, uh, and it's Better probably, score. yeah, I would say so. And it's probably gonna do great. When I look at Montreal's lineup though, like, I don't know. I like, I don't know where you'd wedge him in unless you want to give him fourth line minutes, but sort of like what Toronto did last year with Nick Robertson. Do you think he gets something like that is what I'm thinking? Yeah. We've seen that before too. Uh, Kale McCarr scored his first goal in the playoffs. And I believe it was his first game with Colorado a couple years ago. Cause like cool Caulfield, they said he's going to start Laval. And like, if he plays good enough, gets used to playing against grown men, then he'll come up games. Same with like Matt Boldy and Cam York. Spencer Knight's a little different because he's a goalie and they already have Bobrovsky for eight years, 10 mil. Like that draft pick still confuses me, but you do you, Florida. Do any of these guys play this year or in the playoffs for the team? So what do you guys think? I still think I still think some some things need to be played out still before that decision is made. I you need to see where teams are in the next little while. I think um I think there's opportunity for Matt Boldy in that Minnesota lineup and uh, I'm interested to see how he plays, but I don't think you'd see Cole Caulfield this year unless, uh, unless it's maybe like a a weird, like playoff stint sort of like Robertson had where they're just looking to shake things up. Um, One thing I think interesting is like with all with Florida signing night, there was all this speculation about, um, about them trading their second goaltender, Chris Drieger, who's a third round pick. He hasn't played much until this year, but he's actually killing it this year. He's like, he almost took the job from Bobrovsky earlier. And I know that because I picked him up in fantasy when he was playing every other night almost. And um, so, yeah, I thought it was interesting because if they sign Knight and they trade Drieger at the deadline to a team, because I know there's a few teams looking at goalies, potentially Leafs, like I mentioned earlier, which I'm hoping for. Um, then does does Spencer Knight get some games in as a backup this year? I think that'd be cool to see. Maybe if they're like way way into the playoffs, I think they're their first or like way ahead. Like they clinch the playoff spot, clinch like they're just way ahead of their division right now, which is surprising. But like they've been killing it. I maybe if they clinch the playoff spot and they're just kind of giving giving Bob a rest, then he maybe gets a game. And that Matt Boldy guy, when he got drafted, he like he wasn't. I didn't really think he was anything crazy coming out of the development program. But then two years at BC does wonders, and he played really well at the World Juniors too. Yeah, I'm interested to see how he'll fit in that uh, that Minnesota lineup with Kaprizov. Yeah, and <laughs> I like Fiala too at the beginning of the year. I thought he was uh, gonna have a good year as well. So that's gonna be it for the Netfront Traffic Report podcast episode one with myself, Mitch, and Adam. Make sure. Oh, well, thank you to our sponsor, Bernie's Action, again. For free NHL picks to make some yourself some money, go on Twitter, Bernie's Action, give him a follow. Great help for the show, great sponsor to the show. And um, we'll be back next week. Hopefully we have some trade recaps because we'll probably be recording on Monday again. So we'll recap the trade deadline and we'll see you next week. Greatest five stars on the podcast.